In Florida, school mask mandates ended a couple of years ago. Yet in other states, they went on for much longer, and there are now some school districts around the country who are looking to reinstitute them. Now there's a new meta-analysis that shows that there is very little benefit for young children to be masking up in school in terms of a mandate for all of them. So let's talk about it. Hey everybody, it's Dr. David. So as you know, I'm continuing to research and find more information to provide the best information for everybody to help educate everyone as to what the proper thing to do is. And I realize that when it comes to school mandates, it's not necessarily something that the individual parent can do much about, but still it's good for you to have the information because if these conversations are coming up within the community, you have data, you have something to back it up. And as you know, sometimes I'm in favor of something and not in favor of something. And I, I take each individual issue, especially regarding COVID, on face value based upon the information that we have at the time that I'm reporting on it. So certainly at the beginning of the mask um, of COVID, when people were rightfully freaking out as thousands of people were dying, and it was discussed that we should be all wearing masks. We know that that has actually shown to not be so helpful, but we do still know that people who are infected People who do have respiratory diseases, especially if they're wearing a well-fit KN95, N95, it does reduce the transmission to others. But how much it actually protects the person who's wearing it, again, not so much good information on that. Now, we're going to be talking today about this new comprehensive meta-analysis that looked at young school-aged children and whether the mask mandates actually helped in terms of the transmission. Now, of course, um, there are some concerns about all kids wearing masks and um, talk about people have talked about the speech or other things, development, especially in young children. So I'm going to give you my overall take on this. Now, in terms of my medical approach, of course, as you discuss, it's all about education and choice. OK, um, and of course, when you can make that best decision for yourself, you can help institute things or at least report to others, as I said. Now, um, now, of course, masks were the mo one of the most um one of the most um, divisive com um, things that we were dealing with during the mandate. Um, and again, of course, different schools had different mandates for so long uh, or short. And let's face it, there were um, communities that you weren't even allowed, that you had to wear a mask outdoors, even if you were in a, in a, in a park somewhere, nowhere near somebody. You could be out in the forest and they were requiring people to wear masks in some places in California. And of course, in Florida, you know, fortunately, we didn't have to do that for as long because it was understood what the science was. Okay. So now, up until now, the risks versus benefits of wearing a mask, um, there really had never been a comprehensive analysis in young children. Okay. And again, talking in a hospital setting or in a doctor's office setting, that of course could be different because it may be more um, immunocompromised people, pure people at a higher risk, more likely if you're in a doctor's office or in a hospital to be sick in the first place. So I'm not talking about in other types of situations, but I am talking specifically about school mandates. OK, so this new research, um, it was published in the um, Archives of Diseases in Children. This is a very mainstream pediatric publication. And this was a group of international researchers. And they did a systemic review of all of the different studies, the different literature that was out there in terms of whatever benefits there may be for kids, young children wearing masks. And these were researchers from Stanford University, the United Kingdom Health um, Security Agency that oversees a lot of their health issues, um, St. John's University in London, University of California, San Francisco, and the University of Southern Denmark. So really from quite a few other places um, to apply this. Now, what they did, 
is they looked at 597 total studies. That's how many studies were available to the time that looked at this issue at all. Okay, but most of the studies that these researchers went through, and these are researchers who know how to read the research, most of the studies were deemed poor quality, not even worth talking about. And in fact, they were only able to find 22 of the 597 studies that were even worthy of being put into their meta-analysis. So I, we've discussed before a meta-analysis is when researchers take a bunch of different studies and tries to put it together with larger numbers. But of course, different studies are done differently in terms of the population, in terms of the way the research is done. So it's a challenging thing to do, but these advanced researchers, they have ways of kind of putting it together to give us bigger numbers, which means for more power to that study. Okay, so again, only 22 studies out of 597. Now, not a single randomized controlled study was done for this. Now, and that means like half the people are randomized to get treated and half the people were in this case masked and half of them would not. But of course, that's not possible in a school situation. If you're going to do a mandate, you are gonna have to do a mandate for everybody. And, and I guess you could do a you could be randomized. This school system's going to mask and this school system's not. So, you know, but we do over time, we've always talked about that the best kind of research are randomized controlled studies. But for obvious reasons, that did not happen in any of these studies. OK, now. Um, and again, we're talking about the, the mass and the ability to prevent or reduce the, the spread of SARS-CoV-2 COVID. Okay. Now, they, there were six studies that were in the, that was, they were able to find that they were at least able to analyze enough um, that did report that there was an association between um, child masking and lowering the incidence of spread of COVID. But here's the thing. When they did a deeper dive. There were critical or serious bias in um, that was identified in all six of these studies um, in terms of the different groups between the people um, who were masked versus not masked. OK, so obviously, you know, there, there could be a whole bunch of different variables, but if those two groups are different, then it can make for a very invalid study. And that's what they decided after that. So that was six studies. So um, and then they also when they actually reanalyzed what the researchers did, they found of those six studies, actually two of them didn't support the conclusion that they were um, that they actually showed that there was a benefit. OK, so that then took down to 16 studies of the 597 that they then were able to use in this meta analysis in those 16 other studies. And I'm going to quote here. These observational studies found no correlation between wearing a mask and infection or transmission. OK, so. Um, now, but they, they're, now let's talk a little bit again. So really, according to this research, this meta-analysis, there really wasn't any benefit to universal masking among school, um, school kids. Okay. And then these were among transmissions there. They weren't really talking about to teachers and transmission to them, but obviously transmissions to transmission. And yes, of course, teachers may be at higher risk because they may be older or have health issues that the students, um, that the students do not, but that's, they're looking at young children here. Okay. Now, what about if there are any risks or disadvantages to young children wearing masks during the pandemic? Now, this is not part of the study. I was specifically before reporting on just, is there a benefit in the first place to a mask mandate of which at least these researchers say, researchers say in these young kids, no. Okay. Now, um, and of course, part of the issue is that most kids don't wear masks, right? They're, they're not, they're, they don't fit properly. They're taking them off. They're moving around. They're rubbing their noses. So again, how effective would mask wearing be in that population in the first place? Have you ever been around a kid wearing a mask? Young kid? There ain't much. Okay, but what there, and, and I have done other research, and one of the things that was a concern was it would the wearing of masks for both young children and those who are talking to them, would that delay their speech development? 
Okay. And, you know, because how could they see if their mouths are covered, would they be able to read lips? You know, obviously they can see facial expressions, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to read the lips. And there is little evidence that actually shows that that was a problem. Okay. Obviously kids would be at home. They'd see their siblings. They would be around their parents. And so they certainly were reading um, lips and getting those facial expressions from um, other people. So thankfully there did not seem to be a significant delay, developmental delay because of that. But we do know that masks can cause physical discomfort. You know, it's wrapping around the ears, wrapping around the head, pushing up against the face. And there were dermatitis. There was dermatitis seen in many kids. Inflammation that was caused from the irritation of the masks themselves because wearing a mask for eight hours a day with maybe some mask breaks. And that would cause irritation to some people's skin. Okay. And of course, the masks themselves could be distracting to young children if they're trying to learn. And they have this thing on there. And again, they're maneuvering it all over here. They're touching it. They obviously may not be able to work on their paper or color or, or draw or write or whatever if they're constantly having to fidget or not having to, but they're constantly fidgeting with their masks. Okay. So overall, my take. You know, after years of observation um, on my own self and diving into the research on the masks, they're just, as I said, overall, there just is not the research that supports that mask mandates are helpful. And so I do not think going forward that this is something that we should be calling for, despite the fact that some school districts are. Okay. Um, now, as I said, masks can be beneficial to others if a sick person is wearing a mask and, and a person is breathing into that, less is going to go out into the environment. I mean, not, you know, obviously how well fit it is. Obviously, it can leak around the sides, but some is going to go into that mask. So there will be a decrease in the amount of virus that is spread, not 100%. But a decrease. And of course, well fit KN95s can reduce it by like 95%. That's why they call it a KN95 or 95. Okay. So, but of course, let's talk once again about the ways that we can prevent COVID or at least to decrease the chance of transmission or getting sick. Okay. So first and foremost, just like with adults, if somebody's sick, don't expose your kid to somebody. Don't be around somebody who's sick. You're more than likely, you know, a much higher chance that you're going to catch it in the first place. And of course, the concern is what if a younger child passes along to somebody who is a high risk, then there could be some issues, family members, teachers, etc. Okay. Um, so again, if a mask is properly worn, that could be helpful. Rarely is it. Um, um, now, of course, during the first few days of the infection, that's when a person is most contagious. Avoid, you know, it, so if a person tests positive or if they're acting sick, don't send them to school. Don't send them to clubs. Don't have them around other kids. Also, during the first 24 hours after a fever, that's also when a person is more contagious. So you want to wait until at least 24 hours after the fever's gone before going out. There will be some exposure, but it'll be it's deemed to be less. Okay. Now, of course, optimizing your vitamin D and zinc levels. There's my plug for you. Um, giving our immune support protocol the high dose vitamin A along with the vitamin D, I mean the vitamin C, the zinc, and the echinacea or the arabinogalactin. On the very first moment of illness, do not wait for a positive test. If you have a symptom, you start it. If you ask, should I start it? You've answered the question. Start it. Okay. And of course, um, you know, not just giving it to the child, but of course, anybody who's exposed to um, illness, you know, that's what I take it. If I'm exposed to somebody, if a kid gives me a nice cough or somebody in my house is sick, I'm starting their immune, my immune support protocol right away. All right. So maybe you have some new information that can help you out. But as far as mask mandates go, it's in schools. doesn't seem to be very helpful. Have a nice day.